As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to an off-season edition of Football and Grits, but we're looking toward the future. I am your host, David Ubbin, and I'm joined here by Josh Kendall, the Athletics South Carolina writer. Uh, Josh, do you do Football and Grits? Do you? Do you is that you? <laughs> this is me. I, I, I was, I was uh, very happy for, for our podcast here to hear Luke Day, the new strength coach at South Carolina, recognize my voice on the Zoom <laughs> Who could imagine he could recognize your voice? <laughs> Football and grits. People have told me I have an accent. I don't hear it, but apparently I have a distinctive voice. But I, we appreciate all of our listeners, in, including Coach Day. Hello to Coach Day. Yeah, I think, uh, again, no strength coach in America has better taste in podcasts. I know that for certain. Or or, uh, or better taste in anything. I think that's clear. He is the best strength coach in yeah, America. That's I, clear. I, 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 he should get a raise. That's what I think. Um, you know, put your money where your mouth is, Shane Beamer. Well, we've Absolutely. got a lot to, we've got a lot to talk to talk about today. Today... Tennessee has a new head coach, Josh. I don't know if you heard about this, if you've seen this. Uh, also, uh, the I, I, SEC... I heard, I heard something about it. Yeah, the SEC dropped their 2021 schedule. Um, they're not going to 12 SEC games uh, like we were hoping. Um, back to back to life, back to reality. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But off the top, Josh, yesterday, uh, I got a phone call about 6.45 a.m., uh, Something was happening. We obviously spent a lot of time chasing it uh, Tuesday night. Listen, that was a weird coaching search. Uh, Danny White takes pride it's in Tennessee, not a- <laughs> after all. Well, Danny White takes pride in not letting leaks out, <laughs> and like that was weird. That was I'll, I'll just say that there maybe there's a maybe there's a book there at some point. It's going to be a short book, but it's going to be an interesting book. Oh no! This book hasn't even been written yet. We're just getting this. We're just on chapter one of this book, I think. Actually, this is Tennessee, so we're probably on chapter twenty. Yeah, but there are like sixty chapters. You got a plenty. Don't think you're closing the book on this thing. No, yeah, sir, you're not that lucky. But anyway, um, yesterday was a long day. Is a long day. Yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned off the top here that this is an off season podcast. I'm glad you reminded me because it hasn't felt at all like no. the off season. We're almost to the end of January, and I'm not complaining. God bless them. I mean, I you know, people used to ask me 
how do you fill 12 months a year covering football? They don't even ask me anymore. I mean, it's a, it's a 12 month a year business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, we appreciate them providing us so much, uh, content, especially Tennessee, who has just delivered, you know, forever. I, I want people to understand that in my head, I, you know, I have trouble spell. I've always had trouble spelling Josh Heupel. The, is, it, is the E first? Is the U first? I've decided what I'm going to do. From now on in my head, I'm thinking the spelling is capital H-Y-P-E, lowercase l, because this guy just exudes excitement. I mean, I just see <laughs> that guy, and he bounds off the screen, and I think to myself, you know, where's the brick wall I can run through? You know, I got a text yesterday from someone who said, Josh Heupel is the first human in recorded history to never end a sentence in an exclamation point. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that's apt. Uh, but listen. I, I mean, I, I, speak from, I speak from experience here. You've got a lot. I mean, if your name is Josh, it's not exactly. I mean, I think you've got to go back to Joshua, you know, the kind of the <laughs> original guy before you find a real fiery Josh. I mean, if your name is Josh, you've got to, I mean, you're you're starting at the bottom of the mountain, I think, in terms of fiery leadership. You know, you gotta you gotta go way back, way back to the Bible to find, I think, a, a an example of a Josh who really got guys going. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, you know, I wrote yesterday that that he's a bit of a Rorschach test for fans. You can kind of see what you want in him. Yeah, you can absolutely. See, you can see that twenty-eight net. You can see that offense, and you can see he does check a lot of the boxes for Tennessee. You know, you don't really want a first-time head coach at Tennessee. It's a tough, tough gig. He's got that. You want a guy who won a bunch of games, who brings exciting offense, um, who is not going to turn you into a punchline. I think he's going to do all those things, uh, in theory. Um but of course, if you want to see some of the negatives and say, "Well, he inherited a twelve and zero program," the, the the record went down each year. You can sort of, you know, depending on your perspective, explain or excuse away those things. Um, but again, I, I I think it's I think it's an interesting Rorschach test for Tennessee fans, um, and you can kind of see what you want in Josh Heupel. What did you make as somebody who knows the SEC, but from the outside, what what do you make of this hire? Well, I think you're right that Tennessee didn't need a first-time head coach, but Tennessee had gotten itself in a pattern. Butch Jones has broken out a little bit as a place that hired last-time head coaches, and that's not good either. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see places that once a guy's d done there, he's done because it didn't work out. South Carolina has gone through a little bit of a stretch of that. Mm -hmm. um, or not. A, I shouldn't say a little bit of a stretch of that, a long stretch of that. Spurrier and Holtz were outliers in that deal to some degree. But, you know... Tennessee has getting a reputation, and, and they've earned it, as a place where head coaching careers go to die. And that is so odd for those of us who lived, you know, through that 90s run and through what Tennessee has been and could be and still in many ways believes, I think, that it is. So, you know, it, it Danny White has put himself – directly in the corner he has he has taken whatever grace period he had and thrown it out the window by hiring josh heupel and the reason i say that is because he can't say well i didn't know what i was getting i made a mistake i thought x y and z he knows exactly what he's getting with josh heupel because he was he worked with him at the last place he was in i don't forgive me i do not buy the argument that he was the first choice <laughs> i you know I, the the ADs, a Southeastern Conference ADs particularly, are undefeated in never being turned down for a job. 
We get that. But no matter how many people Tennessee talked to, Danny White is smart enough. He has to know that landing on Josh Heupel, you know, it, it it's no longer the Danny White era. It's Danny White and Josh Heupel. They are tied mm-hmm. together at the hip. Danny White's future at Tennessee is tied directly in concrete shoes to what Josh Heupel does on the football field. Even tighter than than Jeremy Pruitt and and uh, and. Uh... Phil Fulmer, no question about that. Oh, no that. question. Yeah, Phil, Phil cut that rope and let Jeremy sink <laughs> to the bottom of the ocean. Without Danny a White $12 million not, dollar life raft. Yeah, exactly. He waved goodbye to Jeremy Pruitt as he sunk. Danny White does not have that option. They are chained together, cemented together. You know, I was I asked our, our staff yesterday if they could recall any uh, double hires like this, where it's this immediate. You hire the AD, and then you hire the coach from the school that you hired the AD. Uh, our good friend Joe Rexrode uh, from our uh, uh, RIP Pod for Life uh, podcast uh, and our fantastic Nashville columnist, he threw out the Michigan man in him uh, emerged and threw out uh, – what is I'm going back and looking at it right now. He said Joe Kearney and Daryl Rogers from Michigan State has a package deal in 1980. Uh, you only get that at the Athletic, by yeah, the way. Let me throw real. that in there. You only get that <laughs> reference in the Athletic. I told I responded and said I'm contractually obligated to respond. Who to that? Uh, we saw. Uh, you know Scott Strickland and Dan Mullen is not a perfect example, but kind of they did work together. Um, Gene Taylor and Chris Kleiman from North Dakota State to Kansas State not a perfect example, but the fact that we have a lot of institutional knowledge on our staff, I said surely this is not the first time this has ever happened, but it doesn't happen very often, uh, and it's 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 a little weird. You know I I get oh it, the it all, is and it's and it's but, weird that he didn't I mean. Again, Danny White is a smart guy. He has done an excellent job. That's why he has the Tennessee job. I don't mean to 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 suggest that I don't believe that fully. And he's smart enough to know that not only hiring Josh Heupel, but hiring Josh Heupel so fast. Like, he didn't even drag his feet to make it look like he was, you know, going through and checking every box and making mm-hmm. the search firm earn their money. He talked to whoever he talked to, got the lay of the land with them, whether Tony Elliott said yes or no or I'm not so sure, whatever. And he went and got Josh Heupel, and now it's done. You know, it looks bold if it works. It looks reckless and dumb if it doesn't. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. 
And I will say, the search firm jokes sort of write themselves. Um, spending $120,000 to hire the guy that you spent you know the last three years for. But... You know, for those who don't know, search firms, it's not like they're, you know, doing the same thing that the media is and Googling and sending you 12 names. Now, are some of those fees perhaps overpriced? I think you could say that's probably the case. 120, in Tennessee's case, now $240,000 in a week to them. But one of the things that they do allow is deep vetting. Um, and they also allow for some secrecy. Um, you know, they put all the feelers out. They get kind of the feel um, for where things are, and then sort of the 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 search, whatever you want to call it, the people actually doing the searching that are paying that hundred twenty thousand dollar check, um, sort of take over from there. It's kind of a match. They are not subject to open records laws, which is also, I yes. think, very important to the people who hire them. Uh, yes, that is also true, as Tennessee learned in 2017. So it's a little bit like a dating app for uh, uh, for coaches and, and prospective so uh, SEC SEC fans, you need to understand this, that basically your school is paying a search firm six figures so that you don't know how badly they muddled <laughs> through coaching searches. That's what's happening. It's pretty much true. Uh, and so so, you know, so then you can say, you know, we didn't have any leaks, which is true for the most part. Um, there wasn't a lot of information coming out of there, uh, and there was some misinformation. Uh, you know, then, you know, you know who had a bunch of leaks in their coaching search? South Carolina, when they hired Steve Spurrier. That was like everybody knew for it felt like two weeks. <laughs> you know, you know what? That worked out okay. I'm not sure. Just like winning the – like I'm tired of hearing about the guy winning the press conference – I'm tired of athletic directors judging themselves on a nice, tight, button-down search. The point of the search is not to make sure nobody knows where you are. The point of the search is to hire a good football coach. Yeah, that's the thing that I think gets gets does get lost in all this is no one cares. If you get a guy that wins, who cares? Nick Saban said, I'm not going to Alabama. A week later, he was in Alabama. I mean, it's sort of an interesting footnote because of how uh, – you know how he didn't really leave himself any wiggle room. Does anybody really care? No, no one does, uh, because they won. And so, you know, it, that's. I agree with you. I, uh, if Josh Heupel wins at Tennessee, listen, he's going to be a legend <laughs> at Tennessee. He, when he, whenever he goes into the College Football Hall of Fame as a coach, you know, player at Oklahoma, coach at Tennessee, you know that that's going to be his his legacy if he joins the his predecessors in the coaching graveyard you know we'll see he'll be paid well for it so props to him about four million dollars and he had a very interesting clause in his contract um where if tennessee uh is given at least eight scholarship reductions and or uh, a multi-year bowl ban uh he is given a automatic one-year extension he got a six-year deal that extends to a seven-year deal automatically if any of those things happen, which I, I'm sure that is not new. I think they learned from the Lane Kiffin situation, ironically, at USC. I'm talking they as college sports and contract writers more than Tennessee. Um, but it's a very interesting deal. Uh, I have not seen that. I'm sure that has happened before. Um, I don't really pour over coaching contracts too often. I do at Tennessee. Um, but... You know, that sort of confirms what I think everyone kind of already knows is that you got to kind of brace for impact at Tennessee at this point. You're going to have some self-imposing. My guess would be Tennessee self-imposes some some, some lighter things and, and hopes that they don't come over the top, um, and, and we'll find out. But, 
as you look to the Josh Heupel era, what do you think, Josh? How is this going to play out? I think it's a coin toss. I mean, this is where I land on every single coaching hire. At the end of the day, it's a coin toss. You're right that if Josh Heupel wins, he will be a god. If Josh Heupel loses, he will be a bum, and nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if he, you know, if if he walked to town buck naked. You know, it doesn't matter if he wins with integrity. I'm using air quotes, everybody. You can't see me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. If he wins, they'll love him. If he loses, they'll hate him. And that's not just true of Tennessee. That's true of everybody. I did think it was interesting. You're talking about the, the investigation, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not the one who pointed this out. I, I'm stealing this idea. Forgive me. I forget from whom. But it was just great to see the language around the way Tennessee talked about the investigation change from one press conference to the next. <laughs> this is disturbing it went and from stunning. Somber and stunning to minor speed well, bump. <laughs> it's pro- yeah, to a minor speed bump. God, you know, this just because we know this is coming doesn't make it any less wonderful to hear. Yeah, I would say that that is uh, that is about right. I, you know, it's. You can see these things coming. I saw it with Jeremy Pruitt. Anybody can. When Jeremy Pruitt came to Tennessee, you know, there's a little nervousness about, uh, I heard from multiple people inside the building, there's a lot of Bama around the Tennessee facility, and, and people didn't love that. But when he came, you know, the, the drawl and the grammar, oh, he's one of us. This guy, he's not arrogant like that butch guy. You know, he just talks like the people. Uh, and he's, you know, he's a football coach and all this stuff. And then, and as you start losing, this guy can't even speak English. Oh, this this redneck from Alabama, we got to get this guy out of here. All the the gump comparisons, all that stuff, and it's like it's so predictable. Now, I will say, I don't know where this goes with Josh Heupel in terms of what fans will glom onto as the things that they love that they begin to hate. I imagine his calmness may be one of those things. Now, right now, it's he's even keeled. And I'm sure if they start losing, he doesn't even care. And and the offense, oh, this guy, he doesn't know how to get anybody to cover. Uh, whereas now it's, you know, this guy is, is going to put up 50 points a game. We'll see where these things shake out. Um, but this is just what it is. Um, the, the perception of the guy running the program is tied to what is currently happening. And the things that they love turn into the things that they hate in a hurry. Um, and... You know, I don't know what that looks like for Hypel, but uh, college football is a uh, it's a fickle business. It's a what have you done for me lately business. It's a results business, and that's all that people care about. It's a blessing and a curse in that all the other stuff. You know, imagine if Dabo was losing and doing the things that Dabo does and being the way that Dabo he, he is. Would, he, he, yeah, he wouldn't be there. He'd be no, laughing. No, it he'd would be, be he'd a joke. gone a long time ago. Yeah, but he wins, and he wins big. And this is our guy. Nobody else is like this guy. The kids have fun. They're going down the slide. What if Tennessee built a slide in their facility and then went four and eight? <laughs> like, you, it's a, it's all perception. That's what it is. And it's entertaining. It is really kind of funny, but it's just so predictable. And I, as unpredictable as college football is, in those brief little moments where you can see the train crash coming and you just get to watch it, it is uh, tremendous entertainment. <laughs> it's why we love. It's why we love this thing. <laughs> it is. Well, Josh, um, I saw the schedule come out yesterday as I was uh, driving home. Uh, 
Yeah, you had a little something else to do. I, 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 I might I, I'll forgive you if you haven't boned on it, <laughs> boned up on it completely yet. <laughs> I, I looked at it a little bit last night. I ended up talking to some folks last night for a while, but uh, you know, in any other day of the year. Like Tennessee is not playing games or hiring a new coach or an AD. That's all anybody's going to want to talk about. Um, but yesterday, it sort of uh, just sort of skated by. But I think the thing that I that I when I look at that schedule and it, it feels a little more normal, which is nice. Um, but I think after last year's ten game buffet, where you look at the schedule every week and you're like, man, there are some absolute fist fights. I can't wait to watch some of this. We're going to get – those are going to be a little bit more few and few and far between. When you have eight conference games, there's going to be a little bit uh, – I can't remember who coined it. I believe it was Colin Wilson. Uh, I think he works for the Action Network, and uh, he's done some freelancing for us. But he coined that November weekend, uh, Tin Horn Weekend, in honor of in honor of the Citadel. In honor of Georgia Southern? <laughs> yeah. Or was, it, was it Georgia Southern or was it the Citadel? With the Maybe it Alabama. was the Citadel. I forget. It was forget, an option forgive team. Me, Either way. My apologies to the Citadel and Georgia Southern, whoever I got it wrong. I about. may have to steal Tin Horn Week. It was incredible um, because it's very apt, but that's back uh, the weekend that everyone in the college football hates, and the SEC is tremendously smart for putting it in there because no one can stop them from doing it because no one has college football's larger interests at stake. Um, and so that's back. You know, it would be nice to have the big games. I mean, Georgia-Clemson is going to be awesome. Um, I am not ready yet. I'm not ready yet to say uh, Clemson's quarterback's last name on a uh, broadcast yet, but I will say he's very good, and I'm excited. Uyunglele, right? Look at you. I think I got it. Look at you. I think it's Uyunglele. It's only January. I got seven more months to get that down. (laughs) I spent more time working on it than any SEC writer should, probably. I guess just because he's a guy in my state, and I feel like I'm going to have to. Fair enough. Have to be ready. Fair enough. Um, But he's going to be. That's going to be a fantastic game. I'm very excited um, for that. Obviously, that is at or near the top um, of, of the games that I want to see. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. But, you know, we talked um, when the SEC schedule came out this year. Um, about, hey, eight may not do it anymore, um, and we'll see. I think this will be the year where we'll, we'll figure that out if we get halfway through and you're hearing fans complain. Because 10 was, it was tough. Um, 
it was really entertaining. Um, obviously, the new the numbers made life difficult. They had eight teams with winning seasons in 2019. Last year, five SEC teams out of 14 had winning seasons. So, you know, for me, I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing big picture, and I'm saying uh, this eight, you look at the schedule, that's a third of the schedule for some of these teams that I'm not necessarily really wanting to, to fire up those ball games. Um, what did you make of the SEC going back to tradition? I understand that sentiment, and I understand wanting ten. But I'll just go ahead and you know mark mark this down and put this put this on the record. If we get to the fall, and there are fans in the stands, and everybody's playing, and it feels a little normal, and I hear somebody complaining, <laughs> I'm coming out of the press box. I'm going down in there, and I'm going to beat them with a notebook. That's fair. about their head and foot shoulders because. I am so starved for some sense of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the South Carolina Eastern Illinois game, I am fired. The Gamecock fans better be better have the biggest tailgate of their lives for South Carolina Eastern Illinois. So that's that's my starting point. Secondly, places like South Carolina, places like Tennessee, Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel, they are really glad to have the non-conference schedule back. They yeah. need those games. Lots of places in the SEC need those games to pad the resume, frankly. So I, I think that, you know, at certain places, they're very, very glad to have it back. I'll worry about do we get to 10 games eventually uh, as a permanent thing down the road. Right now, I just really hope – I'm just so happy to have normalcy back. And if normalcy means South Carolina, Troy, or Alabama beating people 70-2 to two, – I'm okay with that, at least for 2021. I think my other thing that I I will miss from the 2020 um, season, I won't miss much from last year, but I did enjoy I did enjoy the tinfoil hat crew, of which I think we were probably members, that looked at that new schedule, where you pull the two new opponents out of thin air, and you looked at <laughs> Alabama and Georgia. Uh, I believe they got. You know what? It was like Arkansas and Mizzou, and uh, it was not—it was not the murderers row exactly. It, it looked very clearly like they were trying to protect their their contenders. I believe, and and I think, they, but I think they heard that. I yeah. think they heard that with Alabama last year. Look at Alabama this year. They're to start the SEC at Florida, Ole Miss, at Texas A and M, then two bye weeks in LSU. When I say two bye weeks, I mean they play Tennessee in one of those weeks. <laughs> I mean so. I think it's possible that the conference office heard that and said, we don't want to hear that anymore, so we're going to at least make Alabama be ready to play. Not that Alabama's not ready to play in June, but we're going to make Alabama be ready to play from the outset and give them – because that's not an easy stretch of games. I do look forward to um, board writers and fans talking themselves into Miami putting up a fight and then Alabama just systematically beating them by 25. That We've seen that game 50 times. It's some like uppity like team that wants to have the quote-unquote breakthrough game, and they get broken down when they play did any, Miami. Did anybody see what North Carolina did to Miami? I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, that game is only interesting if somehow EA Sports comes to life and we can put the <laughs> – what it the. 2002 Miami team, 2001 Miami team on the field with Alabama. I mean, otherwise, I, d- I didn't even write that. I wrote down the big non-conference games. I didn't even write that on the list. Yeah, or if they bring back mascot games and we get 
uh, 11 Sebastian the Ibises um, that are all 99 everything. The Ibises would have better chances against the elephants than Miami's football players have against Alabama's football players. Speed over size. Is it Ibi or would it be Ibises? This is a question for... That's, a, that's uh, an interesting question. We'll circle back. I'll look that up before our next episode we'll together. Look up, we'll, we'll, have, we'll start a grammar podcast, and we'll, that will be on the first episode. We'll figure that out. I'm not sure I'm the guy to start a grammar <laughs> podcast, but okay. <laughs> you, you may be right about I'm, that. I'm in. <laughs> but, you know, it, yesterday, for all that it was, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't take uh, our advice and have a... Uh, a more dramatic TV. You know, I didn't get to watch the TV special. I don't know how dramatic it was, but it felt a little early maybe in some ways. I get they wanted to get it out, but there's still stuff kind of going on, and I don't know. The way that they did it last year was uh, unbelievable. Uh, it was a little over dramatic, but isn't that the beauty of college football? Well, people talk about, you know, what, look at the SEC and how crazy they get about schedule release day and look at NFL fans and they get so crazy about just having the schedule come out and and people shake their heads at that but I figured out why that is sort of at a psychological level we can after our grammar podcast we can do a psycho we can start breaking people down I'm, I'm good with that it's an it's a day for optimism there are so many places in college football that there's just not a lot of optimism once the actual games start but if I'm a South, I can look at South Carolina's schedule, and honest to God, I can look at it and say, I see how a Gamecock fan looks at this and thinks a five and two start is possible. I see how a Tennessee fan looks at their schedule and thinks, you know what, six and one, six and one, six and one, six and one, and I get it. Game day, Josh. Yeah. Game day. <laughs> exactly, and that's what they get to do for three or four months, despite the reality of whatever else is going on. You can look at that schedule and you can map it out in a way that makes you happy. That's why schedule release day is so great. That's why people get so excited about it. And I'm with you. That's why maybe putting it down the road, giving it a little more breathing room, doing it prior to spring practice, just a little earlier than spring practice, although I guess we're getting close to spring practice now in some places, Lord willing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like schedule release day because... You know, there needs to be some optimism at places other than Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. And I think, you know, to get back to, to, to my point, looking at it, we don't know exactly what the fall is going to look like, but I'm, I'm willing to bet that all it sort of takes to get a ticket to a game is proof that you got vaccinated. And I think Tennessee, I think Tennessee and a lot of these SEC schools are going to be angling toward full stadiums. I think they're tired of the budget shortfalls. Um, you know, we'll see. There's still, what, September 4th? We've still got seven months. Yeah, seven-plus months before the season starts. But it, 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 was, it allowed you to look forward to things. And I think during the pandemic, during the last year, I didn't have a ton to look forward to. It was just like every day. It is what it is, you know. We don't. Uh, it was a it was a weird time, um, and all the sort of the calendar marks and all of the um, you know tent poles of the calendar and and the tent poles of the year that you look forward to, you know whether that's the holidays being weird or uh, you know I uh, I try to take off the first weekend of the college basketball uh, tournaments and a couple bunch of my college friends and I ran out of house and. We didn't get to do that last year. We're probably not going to get to do that this year. Um, but you look forward to that all year long. And I, I saw this schedule, and I looked forward to the college football season in the fall. And that was nice. Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. So I will be complaining. I will be uh, uh, shrugging you off when you uh, chastise me for complaining in the fall, and that's all part of it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> good. Well, as long as, as, long as we're, we've, we've marked out our sides here, we're good. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys for listening to Football and Grits, this special offseason edition, uh, sort of. I think it's the off season. It doesn't feel like it, Josh. You're right. I have not. I didn't really get much time off for the holidays. I, pro tip, Josh: don't cover a team that launches an internal investigation and then fires its AD, and then uh, you have to cover all this stuff, and then goes on a. Co- I'm still in season mode. I I was yes, talking to yesterday I, was the 397th day. I have thanked the good Lord that I didn't <laughs> cover Tennessee. It was. You know, I'm talking to some of my colleagues who they're on vacation and I can't see more than what's in front of my face. I'm like, how are they taking time off? I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. Because they live, uh, you know, in a normal place. But yeah, there needs I need to be some a support off. group for Tennessee and <laughs> Auburn fa- beat writers. It is wild because I usually take, you know, that week between somewhere around, you know, when the season ends to when the bowl season really starts, a lot of people take that week off before Christmas, and then you go to the bowl game, you do that stuff, and then once the bowl game's over, you take another week off, and then you're kind of in off-season mode. I didn't get that, and uh, my body is feeling it, because this has been a, you know, you don't get a lot of time off from August to December, usually not August to February, and yet, here we are. So, I'm looking forward to some time off. But thank you guys for listening. This has been... Football and Grits, if you are not a subscriber to this show, you can get it delivered directly to your device very easily on whatever podcast purveyor you choose. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can read all our stories. Um, Josh's work, uh, great Andy Staples' work, Bruce Feldman, Stu Mandel, Nicole Auerbach, all of our national staff, our team writers, we've got it covered. I'll put our team up against anybody. Um, That's... You can do it, theathletic.com slash grits. Get access to all of it. There's always great deals going on. we got great, exciting stuff coming down the pipes. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing and doing all that stuff. Leave us a review and a rating if you haven't done that. It helps the show. For Josh Kendall, I'm David Ubbin. This has been Football and Grits. We'll see you guys again very, very soon. (laughs) 